0: Hey guys, it's Bradley with the Insurance Guys Podcast here. We know everyone is super excited for the Gary Vaynerchuk episode, and we wanted to let you know that you had an opportunity to get the full unedited version of this podcast with a lot more gold nuggets in it. And if you want that, you can text the word Gary to 251 418 four seven two four you're not going to get it immediately but we are going to send that out so if you'd like to get a copy of that you can do that it's got a lot more information in it a lot more content packed into that that it's in the edited episode but we wanted to let everybody know that Scott and I are super excited for this episode we put a lot of blood sweat and tears into it and it wouldn't have been possible without our two sponsors Cover Desk and ePay Policy. ePay Policy improves your bottom line and speeds up your receivables. Their mission, according to their founder, their mission is to make the paper check obsolete. Paper checks put you in the money collection business, not the insurance business. And if you guys have heard from previous episodes, I mean, they literally saved my butt when it came to a client who was wanting to pay by credit card and I had no way to take it. The branded payment page is tailored to your agency and it's mobile compatible. So clients can securely send payments wherever they are. Please, please, please check them out. And they're actually doing a special for Insurance Guys podcast listeners. If you put in the code V and that's one V, V. IGP for Insurance Guys Podcast, Gary V, IGP. When you go to make your payment, they're going to give you one month free. So that's kind of an extra little perk they're doing for our listeners. And then CoverDesk is a virtual assistant company, but they're not just any virtual assistant company. They were created by industry veteran Andy Priestman, owner of Greenway Insurance, and they provide a proven system of recruiting highly educated virtual assistants with Philippines local management, ensuring consistent performance for your agency. With their experience, they're able to help you Design an outsourcing program that is right for your agency. And, and actually, we're about to use them right now in my agency as well to handle our service work. So check them out uh, there at coverdesk.com or you can email hello at coverdesk.com. Like I said, this podcast would not have been possible without these two guys. So please give them a ring and tell them the insurance guys sent you. Thanks.
1: Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys Podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a 6'3 sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable
0: Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm about a two out of ten today.
1: I am the I, <laughs> Listen, I am the best I have ever been in my entire life. There is no way that two kids from Atmore, Alabama and Hamilton, Alabama should be sitting where we are right now. <laughs> You're right. And, and I just want to tell everybody in this room, and there's a shitload of people in this room, but there's a lot of people we both love in this room right now how blessed and honored I am to be here right now. This is absolutely amazing. So guys, our mission on this podcast every single week, help insurance agents around the world in any way we can. Sales, hiring, firing, digital, you name it, we're here to help. And before we introduce our extremely special guests that we have today, uh, we got a couple of yeah. other friends here that we wanted to yeah.
2: say say something We've about.
0: We've got Todd from ePay Policy and Andy from CoverDesk. You guys want to take a couple seconds and introduce yourselves?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And uh, Gary, a pleasure. Thanks for hosting us today. Um, Todd Sorrell with ePay Policy. We speed up receivables in the insurance space, so we put jetpacks on your money so that you get them quicker, and we're in the mission to destroy the paper check.
3: Andy Priestman with CoverDesk. We provide virtual assistance from the Philippines to work with insurance agencies uh, throughout the United States. Thanks awesome, for having guys. us. This is great.
1: Awesome, guys. We're, we're proud for all of you to be here. And, and, guys, I think it's time for me to introduce our guest today. He is a first ballot entrepreneurial Hall of Famer. He is a New York Times bestselling author and the CEO of VaynerMedia. He loves his family, he loves the New York Jets. He loves yard selling, and he loves helping millions of people around the world live their best life. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the gold standard of entrepreneurship in the United States of America, Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk. How are you, Gary?
3: I appreciate that very much. Uh, I'm extremely well.
1: That's awesome. I love to hear that. Before, before I say anything else, I just want to tell you, I love you. <laughs> I, I, really, I really do. And the, the strange thing about social media is I'm not starstruck, but I feel like you're like this old high school friend that I hadn't seen in like 10 years. I and I that. like, I like it's come that warm
3: in. feeling. Exactly. What is, what is that? My intuition is, it's the thing that I'm most trying to achieve, which is somewhere recently I've realized, wow, I am remarkably more driven by acquiring admiration than I am in acquiring wealth. Mm. And so I think one of the reasons when I walk around earth the airports, events, or when people come and visit like this. Mm-hmm. In its most raw form, people want to take a selfie with me, not because I'm remarkably attractive, or I'm, or I could throw a football 90 yards. Mm-hmm. It's because they inherently understand and can feel as, like, animals are interesting to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like bats can sense this, and yeah. dogs can smell that. Yeah. As humans, not always, because we get tricked plenty, but I do think deep, deep, deep down, we have an incredible ability, um, to sense others. Mm-hmm. You know, at our, at our worst, cynical and we're judgmental, but at our best, we, and especially once there's enough data mm-hmm. to confirm it, mm-hmm. I feel like my personality style, when people first consume me online, which is 90% of the way people most consume me, Creates some quick level of cynicism because I'm such a ha ha rah-rah sales, you know, energy guy that that I think over time there's something that I'm doing that eventually makes that guard go down. And I'm almost revered for something that others wouldn't be revered for because people can sense I have all the other things. Mm -hmm. To be frank, I think it's admiration. And I'm I'm incredibly grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Um I like that I'm becoming known and it's coming out of the fact that I'm providing disproportionate value to people without any expectation in return in a world where a lot of people are trying to put out content sheerly as a top of the funnel to get you into giving them money. I don't know what to say, not super complicated. I'm able to make money outside of monetizing my audience, thus I'm able to be so good at bringing value to my audience and I believe that people sense that, mm-hmm. and that is what's making me slightly different than others who are required, and I don't judge that. There are people who've signed up for I'm a personal brand, I make my money for my audience, but it just changes the relationship if you know deep down when they made that video that they really want you to sign up for their free white paper, which actually is trying to get you to give them $4,000 a month to be their business coach. Right, right, right. And I think that's what people may sense at first, with me, and then they're kind of always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then, literally, when the only other shoe that even touches my audience is a sneaker or wine, not directly attributed to what I'm doing for a living, you know, there's something that's going on. And I think it's based out of intent because, again, I built my family business long before anybody knew who I was. VaynerMedia Media doesn't provide products or services to my audience, it provides services to, you know, Fortune 100 companies. I'm in a nice spot. I've created a financial infrastructure that allows me to actually give as a personality.
1: You know, you know, going back or your animal example, yes. I think part of it too, and the reason I have that feeling towards you as far as more of a friendship, even though we've never, never yeah. met before, don't know each other, is authenticity. You see somebody on social
0: media and you're like, that's that's a good dude right there. Well, and you know, and you and I got to hang out at Agent 2021 20, and in Mobile. There is a level of humility to you that you can absolutely. sense in person absolutely,
3: way more than you can on video. Yes. Right. And it's almost,
0: it's almost, i am des-
3: off- by the way, I apologize for interrupting. Yeah, no. I'm like desperate to meet everybody. Cause to your point, and I'm sure you didn't sense that when I was talking directly to you, it's when you got to watch me work a room in my natural state prep for going on stage. I know that about me. I know literally last night I was telling my parents literally last night, that the one thing that I'm on, un- I was telling them how I don't like somebody, let me rephrase, because it's not the truth, that I don't respect somebody that is a very famous business person because they're just not nice. And I was saying last night, because my dad was in the room, we had an employee once steal $700,000 mm-hmm. worth of wine from us, mm-hmm. and I said that I would forgive that person tomorrow if they called me and helped them, mm-hmm. which drives my dad crazy. I was rasping him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But I said, but if I saw somebody be unkind to a cashier at Burger King, it's a death blow. I can mm-hmm. never have a real relationship mm-hmm. with them again. Mm-hmm. You know, I assume, I mean, you can jump in here, but you got to see it when I knew you weren't watching,
0: which then leads to the truth. Well, mm-hmm. what, you know, what it was for me was we had just got back from Cuba and you get pulled away right after we told you we went, We got back from Cuba. You talk to everybody in the room and you come back. So tell me more about Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> it's like genuinely care, you know, yeah. and it's and it's almost... I don't want to say surprising because you're expecting bravado and, and, you know, things like that. But it's like, wow, that's a really nice freaking dude. You know, it's
3: it's funny when social started happening. I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be good for me because what I knew is I genuinely like people. Like, for example, when I came into this room, I didn't say hello because I'm strategically thinking when you leave, you'll tell everybody that Gary V's nice. I said hello because it's my natural being. That's what Cuba was. Yeah. It's exhausting to try to game it. Right. You can't game it. I came back because we were in that restaurant during the senior bowl and we had time. There wasn't that many people. And I, I had the op like I enjoy mm-hmm. getting to talk and and like hear like the passion and like you went to Cuba and I like like I don't know, like like I like people. Right. Like I feel actually quite sympathetic to extremely famous people who are naturally introverted because in that setting, they want to go to the corner. It's their natural being. It, they're actually not bad people. Right. I'm just actually the person that grew up his life long before anybody knew who I was that genuinely wanted to talk to a stranger
0: mm-hmm. about their life. And you can tell because it's right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think yeah, that's right not, too. Yeah.
1: So one of my questions I ask when I, when I hire somebody in my insurance agency and I come out of left field with it. We're talking, we're having a conversation, and I look at him and I go, "Do you like people?" And you would be surprised; it catches them so off guard that sometimes they'll go, "No, not really. Yeah. No, I really don't." And I'm like, "Probably not the not not the industry for you." Yeah, you know.
3: Look, I put myself into some hot water on social last week by putting out a video that says I don't like dogs, and my <laughs> ma- and my main point was I. It's not that I love dogs, by the way, but I'm very, I don't hate dogs mm-hmm. and I'm super neutral about it. My point was we just need to love each other more. Right. Like people love the environment and love elephants more than they love other human beings and I think that's a worthwhile debate. Mm. Not that you shouldn't, not that I'm gonna judge what you love, but we're so easy to, right now we are at the height of judging each other, mm. right? Our country is separated on philosophical levels at an extreme level, but even take that away. We judge our neighbor who we're friends with because they don't look cute in an outfit on an Instagram post. Like we're in heavy, heavy judgment mode. And I'm trying to think about how to create some conversations to take a little judgment out of the yeah. system.
2: And I think too, part of that taking away is addressing people and that love comes in many forms. Yes. And that love form that I'm thinking about in the context of us here today mm-hmm. is about pouring into others. Pouring into others, whether it be wisdom or a teaching moment in the office place without dropping hand or hammers or or smoldering craters is just, is just pulling them aside, coming up alongside people instead of coming at them, you know? And that coming at them can can be constructive. It can be deconstructive, but loving others as as we see, especially as we get older in our career with a lot of the tools and things that we've learned and, and, and experiences, it's now, now, now there's a sense in me, 45 years old this month later on, um, is that now I've been given things
3: doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> yeah. I have it's to terrifying. pour into others, it's mm-hmm. time. You know, and, and the question becomes why? You know, like I think what's important about business is where I think people lose an authenticity in business. It's now not life. I'm putting us in this bucket of business. There's a lot of people that say that, but the intent of that is actually as a lead gen for the health of their business. Mm-hmm. And I think what has actually made me also something that I observe about me from afar is the fact that you gave me that check thank you, for to buy the Jets. I've been very clear about remarkable business objectives. Mm -hmm. Like I'm most proud of being a kind, caring, all these good foofy things that I appreciate that we're starting with them, but you surveyed 99% of people, if they know who I am, they think he wants to buy the Jets, which is a very raw, capitalistic, Mm -hmm. selfish kind of execution. I think to your point, yes, but I'm encouraging people to be confident in creating clarity that there are selfish and selfless acts and where people get caught with authenticity is they position things as selfless but they're actually selfish to what they're trying to achieve when they put on their business jersey. Mm -hmm. You see where I'm going? It's a very like, hey, we have a great SaaS product and it's gonna make you, yeah, you want their monthly recurring revenue to raise capital. And I think if we have healthier conversations of that's okay and you can, Mm -hmm. Because where we are right now is people are jockeying and posturing to be good and they're not creating clarity which can create a non-authentic moment. I mean the amount of people that pitch me things Mm -hmm. that are dead on arrival because they're posturing and trying to pick some altruistic thing that isn't true because what they're actually trying to do is do something capitalistic. And I think that's something that we need to have more conversation oh, around.
0: And, and, and to that point, I'll say so, this. I think one of the things that makes this podcast catch on like it did a year ago is the intent. We don't have a course. We don't have a group. We don't have a mastermind. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just think that because we don't have a top-of-the-funnel you know, marketing scheme to get you in, and people know we're trying to provide 100% of the value, it catches on a lot quicker. Absolutely. And no then, other goal. And then, by the
3: way, and when you do that, in 11 years, something good might happen. Like That's how I think about it. I'm doing good, and something good should happen because Mm. of it, but I never do it, the amount of people that cry and are angry that people take advantage of them, and when I dissect them, I'm like, people aren't taking advantage of them. You started the relationship with some selfish want and need. That person sniffed out your horse shit, and that's why they (laughs) didn't deliver, and that's why you didn't get what you wanted. You were the manipulator. Right. It's the same reason people are like, Hey, Gary I'm a really nice person. I'm going to give you a ride from the airport when you land. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're going to pitch you're me gonna, You're going to pitch me or look for my right. consulting. I'm like, I'd rather pay 200 bucks to a black car service and fucking sleep after my nine-hour flight, not fucking consult you.
1: It's like the company that Let wants Let me buy to- you dinner.
3: How about I just give you 5,000 bucks to not ask that again?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Gary, we represent 250,000 insurance agents that are listening to this right now. And we have the potential- to bore the spots off of Dalmatian here. But we, we have got to ask you some insurance-related questions. So question number one, I watched your interview with Yahoo. We talked about branding. It's been important. Voice coming next, yes. about to be super freaking important. So I'm going to give you just a little bit of context. Half of our audience are independent agents. Half of our audience are what, what are called captive agents. They represent state, farm, all state. Yeah. Billion dollars a year in marketing. Okay. For the independent agents, they typically market themselves, their agency, and not the carriers they represent. The the other captive agents typically are marketing the company in some to some degree. But as we move forward, what do you feel like insurance agents need to do in terms of branding themselves their agencies the carriers they represent
3: that all of it no the second that listen the big logo Geico and all these whatever they're doing a lot of work for you Mm. and that's why you've signed up for it like I think about myself growing up normal humans don't know the breakdown of captive independent Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like and so like they've built trust in real estate too right Right, right. Weikert Remax Mm -hmm. it's all the same game here's the problem Mm. when you are marketing something you're not in control of. You're not in control.
1: Mm. Agents, right? write that shit down right now. That was a now. very
3: simple. St- seems smart to me. Like I don't. Right. know. I've never said that before. It seems really good. I like it because right. it's true. If you are marketing something you're not in control of, you're not in control. Mm. If you're building the equity of the big logo, once the big logo has a problem, mm. you have a problem. Mm-hmm. Right? The the end. Now you're saying yes, but the benefit, which is true, my course of action on this is even if you're the biggest advocate of the provider, you have to start the process of building your own personal brand because in the end, the internet will be the provider, Mm. the internet. And I don't mean literally like there's gonna be an internet brand like zebra, whatever. I mean, Hey, Alexa, I need an insurance agent. Amazon's going to make that
0: decision. Mm. So on that note, you know, you talk about the middle is vulnerable. Insurance agents are the dead ass middle. There's no other way to slice it. Amazon hired more insurance actuaries in the last 12 months than any other major insurance carrier. I mean, this What is, can you know, we do build to your make ourselves brand. more leveraged? Build the brand. Make
3: me want to do business with Rick Thompson yeah. versus Amazon. The end. What else? The end. The end. <laughs> it is the end. Unless you build your personal brand, which is, oh, by the way, you don't like the new term personal brand? Let me give it to you the old way. Unless you build your reputation, you've got a problem. Mm. And the way you built your reputation in a small town in Alabama in 1984 mm. was you fucking serviced everybody, the grandpappy told the grandson who to work with because they did it, you, you fucking you sponsored the softball team, you fucking had a banner at the pizza place, you ran a newspaper ad, you did direct mail, you were part of the community, great, do that on the internet.
2: Yeah, fast forward to today, there's <laughs> a claim, Alexa's not gonna fix that claim. Right. They're not gonna stand hand-in-hand with you and go through that process. Or they they
3: might because, and this is why it's important. So that point of view, in my opinion, I could be wrong, gets a little bit too ideological because if Alexa just hires the person to be it, then it is that. I mean, that's like saying State Farm's not gonna do it hand-in-hand. You're right, but John Thompson is. But John Thompson can work for Amazon. And if Amazon's getting every lead and not State Farm, then they've won. Mm -hmm. I mean that. Mm -hmm. And back to your point and going in a different angle, which is humans are gonna trust humans if humans who are trying to get trust deliver on the promise. And so you've got to build reputation. People are lazy and let the big logo do the work for them. Mm. And that's why they become vulnerable. And I I think also these agents, they've got to innovate. And if they're not innovating, there's just this big InsurTech boom going on. It's a revolution of change. Right. I'm going to say it one more time because I know this fact. Amazon hired the most. Just want everybody to, to, everybody who's (laughs) listening right now, like who just listened for the last four minutes and said what everybody does, which not me, not me, I'm good. Yeah, That's what you just did. 80% of the audience just listened, like that's not me, not me, I'm good. Because I've got a good reputation, I've been doing it, I had a great year this year. Whenever Amazon is the biggest hirer of something and it isn't in everybody's face just yet, you're in trouble. Let's just, (laughs) you know like, you know it's funny, maybe because it's on my mind because it's D-Day, like, when we were sending all those troops right. over to Europe, right. like, that was bad for Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how it was gonna be deployed, when or how or where, but once we made the decision that our boys were going over, mm. that was already bad. Amazon has made that decision. As somebody who's always beaten bigger companies than he's competed against, what I just said isn't scary, it's scary if you don't want to put in the work. Right. It's great, because what Amazon's gonna kill first is those logos that you're associated with. They don't give a fuck about you, Susan. They give a fuck about State Farm and Geico. That's who they're gonna go after first. Mm -hmm. But if you happen to be blindly just putting your hands behind your head and letting State Farm do all the work for you and they're your lead gen monster and they die or they get hurt so much that they have to change the rules. See, this is where people don't get it. Everybody thinks like, they're not putting them out of business. You're right, they're not. They're gonna fuck up their 2020 financials and so you're gonna get an email on June 13th that says starting September 1st, here's our new deal. And what are you gonna do about it, Susan? When State Farm says to you that our commission structures, our referral things, our point rewards, our back end this, our services we're providing, our blah, 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 (laughs) blah, when they say we're changing it, what are you gonna fucking do about it? It, You're gonna say thank you very much. You're gonna say thank you very much. Unless, if you were building Harry Thompson, mm-hmm. and then you're like, "Fuck it, this is my time to move." Right.
1: So, so if if you ate a bad piece of pizza tonight, Gary, you, yes. you which very easily happened here, I guess, but and New you York's can't. Good
3: pe- much more likely ju- in Alabama. Right, like, right. No, you're <laughs> you're York, exactly right. New York has real pizza. You're exactly Go ahead, right.
1: Though. But if you ate a bad piece, if you ate a bad piece of pizza tonight, yes. walked in here tomorrow, and you said, "Hey guys, great news! We're not VaynerMedia anymore. We're Vayner Insurance. What actionable steps would you start taking to compete? against the Amazon
3: there would be two things that I would do one I would start the process of building a brand mm-hmm. which oh by the way is what I do every day hence the Gary V thing and I'm living my life right? right so immediately Vayner Insurance is already a player if I announce it tomorrow exactly. immediately like everybody in this room is touching it lightly in some different ways you would take note of that PR release tomorrow
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely right
3: that's what brand is whether I do it or I don't do it or whether I do something and I can. And there'll be ve- many Vayner's over the next 50 years that I do. And some will completely fuck up an industry and I'll win and some I'll lose. And it'll be completely the mercy of who I put in charge of them. How much do I give a fuck? Mm-hmm. How stretched thin am I? Blah, blah, blah. Back to, I don't know, you know, it's again, it's right on TV. D Day. Like this is crazy for me to say. Like Germany shouldn't have lost the war. Mm-hmm. They just stretched themselves too thin. They battled on too many fronts. Right. And so Vayner will do the same. I'll lose when I'm stretched too thin and I do that. Like the wine brand might not work. The sneaker thing did work. There's things, there's things. Right. Like like I will lose by the nature of it. But first I would deploy the brand. Secondly, I would change the relationship financially with the resellers. Mm. Meaning whatever all the other people are giving, whatever the rev share split is, I'd give a better rev share split to the agents so I could get more agents in Mm. just on the financial arbitrage. Mm -hmm. I always discount up front. I crushed Wine Library and I crushed VaynerMedia because I saved money to the person
0: that wanted to save money. Mm -hmm. I'm smiling because that's what I'm doing. Smart.
3: (laughs) That's right. And and I think there's going to be a lot of agencies that become the carriers over time. The reinsurers want to be closer to the risk and agents, larger agencies will now be the carrier and you will have that brand. That makes sense,
0: that makes sense. What do you not like about the industry?
3: Well I don't know a whole lot, you know, what I don't like about it is the lack of education on the consumer side of what they should or should not be buying. It has nothing to do with actually the industry. Yeah. Like it's the same thing that I don't, people are like what do you, you hate banks right? In 2011 when nine, 10, 11 when that was all the talk. Mm -hmm. I'm like I don't hate any banks. I hate people that fucking borrowed $800,000 to buy a house when they already had $80,000 in debt and they were making $94,000 a year because they wanted to keep up with the Joneses mm-hmm. and they wanted to buy a house they couldn't afford. And I hate the banks. And so that's probably, <laughs> right. but but I don't actually mean that. And, and that's probably what I feel about insurance, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. First of all, I hate selling fear. So just as a philosophical, Mm -hmm. insurance has never been something I gravitate towards because you're selling fear in a lot of ways. Not Mm -hmm. always, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of fear selling Mm -hmm. by the nature of it. I can't be mad at the game of insurance. It's just not my natural DNA. It's the same reason I'm not a CFO. I don't like defense, I like offense. Mm -hmm. So I don't like that, but what I most don't like is people are not educated. You know, and there's a lot of insurance they're buying where the math, I mean, where the math of that thing actually happening is so low that they would be far better off not ever getting that insurance in the first place and then in other places where the math is so high. You know how I think about it? Ferries and planes. If people knew the delta between how dangerous going on a ferry is going across water versus how dangerous it is going on a plane or hippos and sharks. <laughs> the amount of people hippos kill a year is exponentially 10, 100x how many people get killed by sharks. Mm. So I feel like insurance is a perception business, and a lot of people buy insurance that they actually have no need for, and a lot of people don't double down on insurance that they need more of. And I believe, at its worst, like every industry, that 90% of the people that resell something prey on lack of knowledge or insecurity. And that is every business, the wine business, the sneaker, everything.
0: Mm. Scott and I are both good friends with the guys from JAG. Who are part of Vayner oh, Mentor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there, I was there yeah. last. Yeah. Week. yeah, those guys yeah. are awesome. And that was one of their biggest takeaways: was yeah. stop marketing fear and market I'm glad they took it away other things so, right. I'm Glad yeah. they took that away. So everybody, I believe it
3: because I believe in buying insurance, but I feel like walking into a room or like somebody coming to you and like you going into fear mongering, mm-hmm. I don't like that shit. Yeah,
1: yeah. So so every- everybody, everybody's heard the, the yes. Jay Cutler jersey story, right? Yes. The insurance industry is so regulated, we can't go buy somebody a Jay Cutler jersey. Technically, we're not supposed to. so, so what, figure it out. <laughs> do you have any thoughts on, on, do. on ways that so interest- most of you
3: haven't heard of Jay Cutler's story unless you guys have told it here but basically the punchline was a customer bought wine from my wine company we found them on the internet because I'm trying to do surprise and delight I was writing a book called The Thank You Economy and I kind of talked about kindness as a framework as alpha business which is not something people thought about back then my wine's called empathy like I'm on this very big kick of like kind nice things mm. are actually the advantage not what you normally think business sharp elbows Mm -hmm. I think sweethearts beat sharp elbows Mm. right and so um, so for me the Jay Cutler was a story about us buying a jersey for somebody who was a Bears fan because we found them they bought $11 worth of wine we sent them a $200 jersey it was like to break up the normal patterns so you can't buy somebody physical Mm. good but what you can do is when you're doing business with somebody you can do what I did about Cuba which is you can actually try to have a conversation with somebody and get to know them as a human in that what you can do is call them nine weeks later and literally call them and just say, hey, just wanted to check in. How's your puppy doing? Mm-hmm. The end. The jersey was horseshit. It was that we took the time and effort to right. figure out he was a Bears fan to send him the jersey. That check is really rad and I'm really pumped about it. It was the fact that you tried to do it. Right. Thought- it really, dude, it's it's, you know, this cliche shit, like the thought that counts, it's so human real. Let me give you an example, boys, ladies. <laughs> isn't it much nicer when your man buys you flowers on a random day that has nothing to do with anything than the cliche Valentine's Day and That's birthday?: a conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> so for all the boys out there, right. you know, like you just deciding, "I love my girl, mm-hmm. let me go buy some flowers right now and send them and just say, "I love you." You do that on April 13th. You're a fucking hero. Mm-hmm. You do that on Valentine's Day, you're checking the box.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So that's what I think you can do. Right. The amount of people that have never followed up with a person after selling them a policy, except when it was time to sell them another policy, is way too high. Mm-hmm.
1: Next question. Outsourcing and delegating, which yes. falls with these guys right here.
3: Yes.
0: In terms of scaling your business, how important is yeah. that?
3: Uh, I think it's super important in the short term and then inevitably in any business you start deciding... Is it in your vested interest to bring whatever you're outsourcing in-house because you want that capability, you're looking to grow, and I always want to insource everything, but I've, over time, grown to value outsourcing in the beginning of theses, and even in perpetuity because I've decided it is not the core competency. I do that with employees. I would tell you of the thousand people that work at VaynerMedia that I probably can't do the actual job of over 900 of them. I can do the CEO job. I don't have the grammar skills to be a copywriter. I don't have the ability to read. So I can't never be a lawyer because you have to read too much. You know, like, like, you know, like my point of view on that is a lot of it's financial and a lot of it should be philosophical to how long you're doing something. Mm -hmm. I'd rather overpay to outsource my payroll than have an internal Mm -hmm. accountant. If I don't want to manage people, Mm -hmm. let's start with that insight. I'd rather pay a triple premium if I knew it makes me unhappy to to give critical feedback to my internal accountant. Or if she's late or he's late, I get mad. Mm. Like you have to reverse engineer yourself. So on this issue, it's a very big game of self-awareness, in my opinion.
1: I have a question Please. I've always wanted to ask you. Please. And I'm sorry that it relates to the insurance industry, no but it just does. So I have, I have your fifty your I, have, I have your I have your red 5149 shirt. Thank you. Every kid that ever sees that says What is 5149? And I have to explain that. Yeah. Which is kind of the purpose. Absolutely. So here comes the insurance part of that. So I can buy your shirts. I can buy shoes. I can go to Amazon and buy things. But when it comes to insurance and buying insurance online, there is a liability component to that. Yes. Where whatever you just bought, when you go hit somebody and they have to be in the hospital for two years and file for bankruptcy, do you think insurance should be able to be purchased online? Because of the liability component? I
3: definitely think that insurance should be able to be bought online. Okay. I'm not educated enough or have any emotion if one decides to buy it online or not. Okay, So to me, just the word should is the answer I'm giving you. The other question is, Mm -hmm. do you think people should? That I would have no answer for because I don't understand the differences. Gotcha. What I would also say is I'm also a person that believes online is oftentimes the best gateway drug to real life right one of the things that i've continued to push real estate and insurance agents to who poo poo online Mm -hmm. and they're like i'm a kind of guy i'm like me too by the way for everybody listening i just spit in my hand and shook it i'm an interpersonal guy too Mm -hmm. i use online as the gateway drug to in person Mm -hmm. so do i think it People should, I think people should be able to. Right. Okay. Yep. Anytime you think something because it's in your vested interest, not the end consumer's vested mm-hmm. interest, mm-hmm. you're vulnerable. The reason my answer is yes, I think they should, is because if somebody wants to, they should. Right. Like if you're an old school kind of cat, right. And like, and you want to meet the, the 13th generation person who does it, amazing. Right. And if you're somebody who's like, I don't give a fuck, and that, right. you, you can't, like, that's, I love when capitalists try to impose communist mm-hmm, thinking mm-hmm. on capitalistic things. Right. Of course you should be able to fucking buy insurance on the internet. For everybody right. who's listening right now be like nah. Right. You're saying that because you're in the business. Right. And you want them to give you your business. Absolutely. If I imposed what we were just asked about insurance on, on cars right now or on food or wine, or you'd be pissed. Right. So stop being a dick and start being consumer centric.
1: Let them buy the way they want to buy.
3: This is America. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's fucking America. Everybody loves America, except when it comes to the thing they're trying to sell. Then there should be regulation that you should buy from me, right. motherfuckers. <laughs> Seriously, shit pisses me off. Everybody, it's free market, free market. Oh, in my business, you have to have a license. <laughs>
0: Fuck you. Right. So I back could, to the no. brand. We have a lot of agents to reach out to us. And yeah, one actually. of the common questions is, I know I need to vlog. I know I need to, to video yeah. and document, yeah. but... I don't want to feel like a douche.
3: Yeah. Listen. And as somebody who doesn't care about other people's opinions and spent a year debating, I don't want to feel like a douche. I realized this is going to be hard for everybody. Cause mm-hmm. if it was even hard for me and I'm alpha, like comfortable, then <sighs> I would say you don't have to vlog, but then start a podcast. Right. Like if you don't, if you feel like it feels weird that you think you're a charlatan, that somebody's following you around and you're a, a fake reality star, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. Then don't do it, but make content, start a podcast do a Q and A show, write articles on LinkedIn. If you are not producing content for the internet, you are becoming irrelevant. I genuinely believe that. Wow. So it's what's right for you. Don't do things because it's right for me or you've seen I've been successful. I also don't read my email mm-hmm. and do five minute phone calls because I'm bad at reading. Mm-hmm. I wish I was good at reading. It would save me a fuckload load of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm, I'm, it's devastating. You know how much more stuff I could accomplish if I could actually read the emails people send me instead of basically replying if it's long enough, like, hey, let's set up a two-minute call? No, really. So, But that's okay, because that's me. I'm not going to go take reading classes. I
0: don't know. Right now, if an agent out there were to create a YouTube reality show around their agency, they They'd would kill. exponentially sell more insurance.
3: A hundred thousand percent, brother. But try if they to... were boring as yeah. shit or if they were doing it because they thought it was right, but they sucked at it, they wouldn't, because nobody would watch their show.
1: Gary, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you being here today. I know you. I know you need to go, and I know you've got lots to do. This this is a dream of mine. It's a dream of Bradley's as well, and 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 to have a lot of people we love in this room right now is it's just amazing. Now. Bama rolls deep. Absolutely, I love it. We I do. Love it. We do. Oh, by the way, before I let you go, yes. Jets draft. Yes. Q Quinn and Q, Williams. Q, Q Williams. I, I I heard you say better not draft defense. And I was again, upset. But, but where but, do we stand on that now? I love
3: Q. He yeah. was the he was the like. Unfortunately, there was not a lot of offensive options. Right. I would have if we could trade down and get a bunch of picks, I would have mm-hmm. been happy. But I'm ecstatic about the pick. Uh, for everybody who's Bama'd out, if you go to Google, <laughs> if you go to Google, I spoke to the Bama team. If you type mm-hmm. in Gary Vee and Watch Bama, it. so Quinn was in the room. We hit it off. We
0: mm-hmm.
3: DM'd a bunch. So I'm super pumped. He's a great kid.
0: Yeah. So B- ask B- B-
1: Gary v, By the way, question B- of the day. Yes. Yeah, wait, so wait. Wait. Ask, wait. Finish it. Let, let me say it. Let me say it. Best pick of the draft, Q Williams. I believe too. I, and, and and I'm after this year you'll see it.
3: I think so too, actually.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, That's the sorry. question of the day for us. We're gonna flip the script. <sighs> mm.
3: What is the thing that you're most insecure about in the world? I will tell you that's my question of the day. I will tell you that the quicker one can get to their insecurity and putting it out publicly, literally. What I'm not kidding agents right now is I want your next Instagram post to be, I peed my bed until I was 15. (laughs) I'm an alcoholic. Like I'm going real now right now. I think I'm a fake because I talk about this, but what I'm doing behind the back. What is the thing that you're most insecure about in the world? It is keeping you in a jail. The second you say it publicly, couple things. One, nobody really gives a fuck. Mm. Everybody's got their own problems. We are in jails of judgment and it starts with us. So I'm hoping one person hears this and puts out publicly their insecurity what the actual answer to the question I just said and will realize a week later that it was the greatest move of their life because their happiness started once they weren't in that jail. I said one person. It's hard. For every every one of us, including me, just thought about the thing and none of us want to do it. Mm. So it's not easy,
1: but it's real as fuck. The word that came to mind when you said that to me was failure.
3: Yeah, people. Just, just yeah. Fail,
1: failing. Or
3: yeah, or yeah, or, or doing something that isn't, Right. Somebody is stealing money from their grandfather's mm-hmm. account. Somebody is popping too many pills. Somebody is having an affair. Like mm-hmm. this is not fun, mm-hmm. but this is human.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks, Guys, man. that I don't know how we could <laughs> I don't know how we could end any better than that. Hey, insurance agents from around the world, listen to me. Rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk and go out in the big bad world today and sell insurance. Make money for your family, for your kids, for your parents that are struggling out there today. Go make money for them. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, love I you. Love too, you. Buddy. Hey, Gary Vaynerchuk. I love People
3: you. are sitting behind the desks because they think the fucking commercials on TV from the big logos are giving them the business. <laughs> Absolutely. So to wrap this back up, the reason you're sitting behind the desk is because you think you're owed something because you're paying a big to the big logo, and it's going to be your demise.
1: The end. Guys, you're listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll be back here real soon. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com.